0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: There is a place where time stands still where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick, and the strong, and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man.
2: Take it in the guts, Barry.
1: All you've
2: got to do now is pass the Australian Culture Test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest
0: of country Good morning, everyone. Any here for Showreel, looking at Australian film and moving image production and producers? Today we are lucky enough to be chatting with filmmaker Julian Hoff, with his collaborator in his latest film Mustafa Ali. Mustafa is an internationally renowned Afghani photographer who arrived with his family as a refugee and in their effort to work out the type of future they would be able to carve out in Australia, Mustafa made the discovery of Afghans having been an integral part of Australia for over 160 years. In Watanda, my countrymen Jolyon and Musaffa Go in Search of the Descendants. Thanks for talking to me today. Uh, first, we're we we're talking about uh, Watan Ta, My Countryman, but before we do, Jollyon, you've had a fairly auspicious documentary career. Um, you're a man that uh, looks for a good story, and this is a good story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: auspicious. Uh, varied, I think. You know, uh, it's taken some interesting turns particularly a a random left-hand turn I took in Indonesia one day and ran into this man, which has changed the last decade of my life. Um, But, yeah, I was uh, my uh, ex-partner and I spent 20 years living in developing countries around the world. So I've been really lucky to live in uh, Nigeria, Nepal, Indonesia and travel quite a lot through developing countries, which has just been... uh, eye-opening educational um at a very deep and core level and um we came back to australia during the pandemic and um i'm really excited to kind of now i'm nearly 50 but um for i now feel like i've really got something to say that i've that i've that i've picked something up in my travels and i'm back here now in australia for the next uh period and i'm 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 excited to have something I feel is really important to say and valuable to say, and that's about connection and about connecting the two worlds, the developed and the developing world. And Watunda was just, again, working with my great friend, Mazafer Ali, was um, just the perfect opportunity to say something about um Australia I knew that Mazafar would have a, you know, it takes someone, sometimes it takes someone new to to have a different perspective to show us who we really are. I knew he'd have a different perspective and it gave me the opportunity. Within the Afghan Kamalese, there's a connection between, uh, there's a connection between colonial Australia, Indigenous Australia and immigrant Australia, old and new. And within their stories, they within their very essence of who they are, they... Um, they for me show us a path for a future Australia in the next 200 years a a path towards a place where all our stories are together there's not white history and black history and immigrant history there's an Australian history that that combines all our histories together and it becomes the one story and um so I think the the curry cook up in the very humble curry cook up in the back of Marie, um is just a beautiful example for the rest of Australia about how we can come together and how we can share stories and and be together.
0: Yeah, well, this this is actually a great story because um, you uh, you you are actually cor- uh, perfectly correct because uh, you there is this uh, tendency towards uh, creating a mainstream story which writes out, well, it writes out women, it writes out uh, people. I mean, even in my family, we have Italians and Germans, you know. uh, um, uh, So, um, and this was before the turn of the uh, 20th century, right? So the point is that uh, you must have found it really amazing to discover that there were uh, Afghans here before the influx of refugees, Mustafa. Mustafa.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, what was really interesting is that um, uh, migration, uh, Australia is country of mig- migrants. Uh, most of the people in Australia are born overseas or their parents were born overseas. Um, and we are one of them. My kids are one of them. Um, but what type of migration? We We came from involuntary migration from a country which was under uh, civil war, under unrest, civil unrest for decades. Um, For me, identity matters because we didn't leave our country to go for a new opportunity for a better life, but to save our life. We preferred to stay in Afghanistan, but um, we had to leave because of the threats that we faced in our life. Uh, my car was hit by a landmine, I was dropped by Taliban, my friends got killed in Afghanistan, I worked for the United Nations. So our life was kind of like it was a very treacherous uh, journey, uh, a roller coaster life to end up in Australia. We never chose to come to Australia. UNHCR sent our case and Home Affairs Department had an interview from us, so we came to Australia. So that's why this film is about identity to see where does I fit in this country. This is my home, but how I can feel this is my home. And that's how I was uh, very interested to know more about the Afghan camelliers who came 163 years ago to Australia, how they contributed to the modern Australia today, how Australia was built from those, uh, those efforts. So for me, it was uh, such... Uh, beautiful journey to connect with the ancestors of my countrymen. We call it Watandar. In Afghanistan, you know, this is the magic word that when you see someone stranger that connects us is that word Watandar. Mm -hmm. So I found my Watandar here in the deserts. And it's such a beautiful feeling, Like, like when you go into that space, into their home, you see that hospitality, warm welcome and that some part of Afghanistan culture is still there. So for me, this, uh, this was such a heartwarming, uh, pleasant experience to meet my countrymen back in desert, no matter they came here a few generations ago, there's still some a little bit of of Afghan as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I really liked it because I was, um, I was always thinking what will happen to my daughters to their uh, to their kids. And Can we be as Hazara for three generations or we will assimilate? We will just finish, like, you know, lose everything. So uh, that was kind of like a journey to assess that part of Australia when it was uh, colonial Australia, when it was white Australia policy, assimilation policy in Australia, how these uh, these traditions and cultures survived during those policies, how they could uphold their Afghan identity or Aboriginal identity. So uh, it was kind of a really good experience for me to see these uh, systems, these different um, uh, different policies impacted on the life of the Aboriginals, Afghan similar descendants. And now what does a diverse Australia means or multicultural Australia means? And I could also assess like, when there was colonial Australia, there was control, suppression, does it still exist? So for many ways, for many layers, for me, it was really interesting mm-hmm. a journey. Um, yeah, it's fascinating
1: to think that it's fascinating to think that the Afghan cultural line has continued for 160 years here in, in Australia, to the point where Ms. Afghan can recognise Some sometimes even more than the descendants themselves, Mm-hmm. but what's interesting also to think is that those policies have have those policies have also lived on a, a, a little bit like they still exist a little bit here in Australia today like Absolutely. And, and in what form do they exist um they're still with us in the same I way I think the yeah.
3: colonial legacy uh, does not end when uh when uh, Kevin Rudd uh, apologized <laughs> from the aboriginals uh, uh, in the parliament but the aspects of colonial mindset is still there, like controlling people's life. And as a former refugee, I see that control in people's life. Separating from uh, refugees from their families, not allowing them to reunite with their families. The kids are growing up 10 years from uh, away from their parents. Um, the women are struggling really hard like without their husband being in Australia locked up somewhere in Manus and Nauru or in community detentions not allowing them to uh, reunite in those subtle policies that have huge impacts on families' life Uh, well well actually giving them numbers rather than names yeah Mm. yeah people suicide families break down Mm. you know the The mental impact of this separation for 10 years on the kids without their parents, I can see here. When a parent meet their children finally after 10 years, they are no longer parents, there is no relationship between these two. So how Australia still controls people's life in a different shape in the name of policy. And it's such a shameful um, part of Australia's policy that they export this to other countries like UK. Recently, they adopted a lot of aspects of Australian immigration system into their system. It's such yeah, a no. shameful... We're, a, we're a
0: world leader Yeah, in, in humanity. Yeah, world
3: leader. In cruelty, yeah, world leader. Yeah. It comes from that colonial mindset to control Aboriginal life, control mm. migrants' lives, um, a family, uh, 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 what do you call, uh, a stolen generation. You're
0: I know that, that 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 um, that's part of this film. The uh, there's a whole range of things in this film that's so important to go and see because uh, what just to begin with, um, I was really uh, on a very subtle level. It was great that you went there and and help, said hello to these people. I mean, it was a really just a very straightforward human thing, and they were so surprised that you came to say hello to them. It was really <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: it's, it's true yeah it's it, it yeah it, it, it kind of something that Mazaffa did which you know being coming from this this side of the equation the the colonial side of the equation um You know, I I was thinking about the school books that we read about Burke and Wills and we read all those great explorer books and, and, you know, built history. And and in the background, there were these exotic camels, you know, and, and, you know, I kind of knew they were there. And, oh, look, there's a bunch of camels. But never (laughs) once were we told to think, oh, who's that man, you know, leading the camel train, you know. And when Mazafer went, he wanted to know because he recognised them, Who was that man that was pulling the camel train? What was he thinking when he was lying in the desert at night? had no idea where in the world he was, and he was doing this work in this strange, strange country for these strange people like who was he? You know what was his story and and and, and he's a hero too, you know yeah. like he is a hero There's some real heroes that Mazafa connected with that 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 you know from from my perspective uh, up until now i'd never even kind of considered
0: it was quite a revelation that and also that thing you said you said um it was because of the way i mean it's a film so you've edited you've decided to leave certain things in and certain things out but you said mr stuff to someone uh they're very strong men they walked for five weeks in the desert and i I went away thinking about that yeah five weeks in the desert walking across that is very tough stuff isn't it yeah
3: Mm. um one we received one email a very uh heartwarming email from one of the descendants uh, where he described his great grandfather's contribution for australia when there was great flood in somewhere in western australia and he saved the whole village's life whole town's life one person died before he arrived that's right um, I've i've heard this story actually yeah mm. mm-hmm. and and in another occasion Uh, when his uh, his his boss asked him to take water to a a mine uh, a mining place because they their machine broke down so instead of waiting for the next day he went straight away to that mine uh, a mining place and then he delivered water and came back by by the morning and his boss thought maybe he is still waiting and he is and he's preparing to go Mm -hmm. and we When he said, no, I just delivered water like straight away because I couldn't wait for the next day. I think these are the things like we don't hear uh, these contributions. There's such a humane, so pure love uh, where we miss in the history, Mm. in in the dust of the Mm. history. Um, It it comes from that big heart. Like, yes, I'm in a strange place in such a difficult environment where they are facing racism. They don't have enough rights as citizens but still they are human being you know they connect with that feeling what i can do for the uh, other human being no matter where they're from and that saying hello was the same connection uh, any was i was totally stranger to them but that one hello was mm-hmm. the magic like okay yeah we are the same human being we want to connect again maybe after generations, because they are from the same generation I came, uh, same place where I came now. So uh, for me, it was such a beautiful experience to uh, uh, to see them at their homes and to talk to them. And they were so generous with their hospitality, with the, the sharing of their stories. And some of these stories are really uh, sad, heartbreaking to hear how um, uh, uh, stolen generation impacted their whole life, and still it's impacting their life. So, but you know, uh, we also this film is about hope. Yeah, we lost Afghanistan. We have this dark, uh, modern Australian history, but this what 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 is hope for us? I think this is also the thing when we have this cooker. Where we have tradition of hospitality, where everyone Mm -hmm. can meet up, where everyone can meet in the desert of Marie and play tug of war, Mm -hmm. men and women, and all the communities get together. This is real Australia. This is real hope. And Mm -hmm. this is what this film is about. Mm
0: -hmm. Hi, I'm Judith Ehrlich. I'm the director of the film, The Voice Who Said No, Draft Resistance in the Vietnam War. I'm really pleased to be here on 3CR. I'm an old listener-sponsored
2: radio producer myself and worked at the first listener-sponsored station in the world, KTSA, Berkeley, part of the Pacifica Network. So good work. Keep it up.
0: Thanks. Annie here for Showreel, looking at Australian film and moving image production and producers. We are chatting with Jollygon Hoff and Musafa Ali about their film Waitanda, My Countryman which will be in cinemas in May, starting May 30. Were you going to say something?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't. I was thinking I can't sum it up more than any better, but this idea, this this very humble place at the train head of the Garn, of, of the Garn Railway Maori and, you know, that there's a curry cook up there on Sundays that where the Camelieu descendants still come together, even in a very, very humble way. Well, of... I,
0: I, I I was really impressed by um, you know, you were saying that the, the woman was using water on this grave, but she didn't know why she was doing that, um. And it struck me that because uh, uh, we have a story in my family that uh, my father, when he was a boy, his grandfather taught him how to count to ten in Irish in Erst, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So that's from our and in. Uh, his his grandmother's mother came to Australia and only spoke first. She didn't speak English. So that yeah. was in the late 1880s. You were able to go and see those people and explain to them some of the things that they did, which they yeah. didn't, didn't know. That's really quite a powerful thing. They must have felt so good to know these things.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, For me, it, it was kind of the power of... Uh, those characters who came, uh, uh, who came maybe 160 years ago, and they could transfer these aspects of life, Afghan life, into their next generations, mm. uh, uh, up to fourth generation after their death. So I think I see that purely the power of that that uh, that character who came with the camels. That's where we tend to forget because uh, we we reduce people into numbers. And they were not uh, here as, as citizens or even human being, unfortunately. But the power that they had, the agency that they had um, with their characters, um, they taught their children, and their children transferred that into the next generation. I think that is uh, that is power of that. You know, we have we have two things. One is the rule of the day, the laws of the day, and the policies which is segregation, which is separation and colonialism and uh, white Australia policy. On on the other hand, without these privileges, we have tradition, we have culture, and which comes from the generations from Afghanistan. And now we see those policies are gone. But the, that pure connections and the traditions is still intact. Like they are still there. Mm-hmm. It shows the character of those those people who came by cam- mm-hmm. on the camels and they left their legacies on these uh, and the marks mm-hmm. in Australia. Like mm-hmm. we can never deny that it's, uh, it's, it's Australia, today's Australia is has a lot of contribution from the migrant communities mm-hmm. like Afghans. And they are just small, subtle signs that yes, we, they were here. They contributed in modern Australia.
1: It's incredible. It's incredible when we made this film, especially down here in South Australia. Everybody would goes, "Oh, look, we have somebody." in My aunt's related to the Afghan cameliers, or this person's related to the Afghan cameliers. And there are there are, there must be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have gone on who have this. Afghan heritage in the indigenous community it's very strong as well, so um yeah often I think of I think of the lessons that are kind of in this story and the behavior of those Afghan Cameliers and I think about the way the the British and European Europeans behaved and then I think of the Afghan cameleers and sometime I dream about this that sometime this first afghan you know, a South or Middle East, uh, Middle East, Middle Asian, Middle Eastern man met an Aboriginal person in the desert, maybe somewhere for the first time ever in the history of humanity, and they became friends. They didn't they didn't eat each other. They didn't spear or shoot each other. They
3: they don't know. They didn't
1: they know they the language, but maybe I think, oh, maybe the Aboriginal they pointed where to go exactly, to yeah. get some water, or the Afghan said, "I'm looking for this," and I think, ah. Oh, they connected in this beautiful, uh, friendly way, um, and later on, you know, there was a lot of intermarriage, and and I think, oh, what a, what a, um, what a generous and positive way to kind of engage with uh, different communities and different cultures, yeah, and, and yeah, how, how different rather than is.
0: go, you know, go travel the world
3: and kill people, um, Many, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, the other notion is really interesting. Is that They met in Australian deserts, uh, the Afghans and the Aboriginals, but the other side of the railway track, because one side of the railway track was all the Europeans and the uh, colonials were living there. And Mm. they were in the fringes of um, that community. They were pushed out of that line, you know? Mm -hmm. You cannot enter into this line. And that line was the racism, line of racism and colonialism. Mm -hmm. Today, that line doesn't exist. It's not used anymore, mm-hmm. um, but we still have that connection. We still have those memories is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, those individuals, the representatives of the colonial Australia who are uh, separating children from their parents in Western Australia, no one knows their name, but those who are separated are still there. They tell their stories in the film. Uh, yeah, Frank they do. Is there. It's amazing
0: that, I it's mean that's that, uh, the thing those interviews with the people who just uh, just stand there and tell their story it's so fantastic uh, it's a very uh, a compelling part of this uh, whole film um mm. do you also you're leading into another film after this but are you pursuing the love affair the fantastic love mm. affair between the uh, camellier and the Aboriginal woman yeah. which tells us they weren't allowed to get married how bizarre yeah. and then they were chased. By the police. This is just too
1: much. And Jack and Jack, Jack Akbar Khan, uh, he actually got a solicitor to write a letter to uh, the, the Aboriginal Protectorate and and he said, what
3: a fool. hang on a second,
1: <laughs> I, he said, I'm, I'm a British citizen because he came from British India at the time and my father and my grandfather were British citizens and this is, you know, uh, actually it wasn't a British country still, but, you, you know, like how can you not let me? but that was a that was a a very renowned person that uh, Neville the devil they call him A.O Neville was the the uh the same kind of uh antagonist from Rabbit Proof Fence and yeah we're like we're trying to develop we're developing that into a drama film and we'd like to make a drama a uh, film uh it's a beautiful story and we're just developing the treatment at the moment we'd like to we're we, We're going to make it a multi-generational uh story of connection that starts today with a kamali descendant and a new uh uh, afghan refugee arrival based on mazafa's daughter and then through their journey we hear about jack akbar khan and lali matbar and then all the way back to yeah that very first connection that i imagine happened in the desert so that's yeah something we're developing uh as a feature drama film and uh yeah give us a few years <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it sounds fantastic because i i when i was just hearing that i think you got they expended um effort and money uh to chase them down it, 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 oh. it, this is how this is how uh, that colonial control m- mentality is oh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. It, she it, kept running so, away yeah. she kept running away from the mission to be with him and they kept capturing her and then eventually he came to Renmark in, in South Australia, and she walked all the way to the border. And he walked to, came oh, to wow. the border, and then took her and took her back to Renmark. And then they followed her in 1924 all the way to Renmark and took them both back to Western Australia and locked them up. Uh, and they can... he was charged with trafficking trafficking in an Aboriginal across state lines, and um, that was a big hoo ha. Eventually. He came back to um he came back they, they let him go and he came back to renmark and they lived together happily for about 20 or 30 years but when interestingly in 1950 something lally's daughter mona frank and laney's mother from the film she had a baby uh very young out of wedlock you know at 16 out of wedlock and 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 jack akbar was quite traditional and the country was quite traditional so lally said I'll take her back to my people and she can stay with them in Western mm-hmm. Australia. And still they were chasing her in 1950 before re-entering Western Australia in 1950-something. Still they were like, oh, she, because part of the arrangement they went back to South Australia was that she never came back to Western Australia again. Long well, memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Memory. Anyway. But just goes Absolutely.
0: to show. Absolutely. Well, this film is all about uh, heart, people and real culture, right?
1: yeah absolutely
0: fantastic thank you very much for talking to me and
1: thank you so much for your interest am... see you on our we've got screenings at cinema nova elston week and uh cameo mm. and one other film in melbourne so we're doing four q and a's there in june so hopefully we'll see you there just let us know yeah. and we'll get you some tickets
0: thank you bye-bye yeah,
3: thank you thanks any bye, Annie. bye.
0: That's it for Showreel this week. We have been chatting with Jollyon Hoff and Musafa Ali about their film Watandama Countryman, which will be in cinemas in May, or starting May the 30th um, and going on into June. Uh, and as Jollyon said, they are going to be doing four Q&As in Melbourne. So check out the independent cinema sites, places like Nova and Leda. Okay, that's it for Showreel this week. Coming up next is published or not.